0: If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to go, if you will, to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 25. And I want to read verses 1 through 16. A lot of scripture tonight, but God's going to help us. And I don't want to get bogged down here, but I believe God's going to talk to somebody tonight. Amen. Amen. 2 Kings, chapter 25. One. Let's stand, if you will, for the reading of God's word tonight. If you're saved and you know it, shout Amen. amen. Notice outreach tonight. Verse number one, chapter 25 of 2 Kings. And it came to pass in the ninth year of the reign, in the tenth month, the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came he and all of his host against Jerusalem. And pitched against it, and they built forts against it round about. The city was besieged on the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. And on the ninth day of the fourth month the famine prevailed in the city. There was no bread for the people of the land. The city was broken up, and all the men of war fled by night, by the way of the gate between the two walls, which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldees were against the city round about, and the king went the way toward the plain. And the army of the Chaldees pursued after the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All of his army were scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon, to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him. And they slew his son through the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and put out, his, put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him with fetters of brass and carried him to Babylon. Could you imagine how that man might have felt? You know, he's seeing his, his sons are being tortured and killed, and then they put his eyes out. Could you imagine? The last thing that you see is your children being put to death. Listen to verse number 8. And on the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which is the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came Nebuchadnezzar, captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. And he burned the house of the Lord, the king's house and all the house of Jerusalem, and every great man's house burned he with fire. And all the army of the Chaldees that were the captain of the guard Break down the walls of Jerusalem round about. Now, the rest of the people that were left in the city, amen, and the fugitives that fell away to the king of Babylon, and with the remnant of the multitude, did Zebudardan, the captain of the guard, carry away. But the captain of the guard left of the poor of the land before the vine dressers and the husbandmen, the pillars of brass that were in the house of the Lord the bases and the brazen sea that was in the house of the Lord, did the Chaldees break in pieces and carried the brass of them to Babylon and the pots and the snuffers, the shovels and the snuffers and the spoons and all the vessels of brass wherewith they ministered, took they away and the fire pans, the bowls of such things as were of gold and gold, of silver and silver. The captain of the guard Took away. If you would tonight, stretch your hand toward this pulpit. Let's pray and ask God for His anointing on His word here again tonight. Would you help me pray, please? Gracious Father, I want to thank you again tonight, Lord, for all your goodness and your mercy that you have bestowed upon us. I pray tonight, God, that our eyes be open, our ears be attentive tonight to the voice of God. Knowing tonight, God, that things around us Oh, God, are fastly changing. We need a touch. We need an outpouring of your spirit, God. I pray that you'd bless this people tonight that have come so faithfully to the house of God. Meet us in these orders tonight. God, help me. Give me clarity of thought. Oh, God, and quality of expression, help me to preach your word tonight. I need the touch of God that makes preaching easy. Help me tonight. Anoint me, God. Anoint every ear anoint every heart tonight and God I'm careful to give you the praise and I give you all the glory for it's in Jesus wonderful name we do pray and would everybody shout amen tonight you may be seated while you're sitting down would you look to your neighbor and tell them God's going to see you through amen good to see everybody tonight I want to preach to you tonight, if the Lord would help me, on this thought tonight, stolen treasures from an unguarded altar. Amen. You see, as our story tonight begins to unfold, we find that Jerusalem is besieged in Zedekiah is taken, the temple is burned, the people are carried into captivity with the rest of the Jews. They flee into Egypt and evil Murdoch relieves of the captivity of Jehoiakim. Jerusalem was so fortified that it could not be taken till famine seemed to render and besiege the unable to resist. You know tonight in the house of God somebody said we're in a famine and I thought to myself everybody seemed to be doing good but I believe it was Amos that said in the last days that come a famine amen in the land not a famine of eating bread or drinking water but a famine of hearing the word of God tonight what we need to do is rest solely on God's precious word he said heaven and earth would pass away but my word shall stand forever if you need your faith enriched tonight all you've got to do is is find your place and begin to read the word of God. Oh, I feel God in this house tonight. Maybe you've walked in and you said, Brother Jarman, I really need something from God. Well, can I tell you, he's here tonight to give you exactly what you need tonight. Somebody say amen. In the prophecy of lamentations of Jeremiah, We find more of this event begins to unfold. Jeremiah 27, I believe it is. I believe tonight it suffices to say, amen, that this is impiety and it's misery of the, those that are besieged. They were very great, and at the length of the city, they were taken by storm. The king and his family, the great men, the Bible said they escaped by night through the secret passage by those deceived, amen. Did you know tonight we're living in a day it seems like men are self-deceived? Come on, somebody say amen to me when we think we can hide it from God I can tell you God already sees it There's no time to play a game with God. This war is underway. We are under the attack of the enemy tonight. Can you say amen? The devil's got his crosshairs on the church tonight. We need to shake ourselves. We need to ask God to give us exactly what we need tonight. There's babies, little children that are counting on what you and I have been so blessed to be a part of tonight. There was years that go by. I'd ask myself, I said, oh, God, will my baby get to know Pentecost like I know it tonight? Come on here. If we live a good life, I want to tell you God's mindful. His eye is open. His ear tonight is open to the cry of the church. Great God, I wish I could preach this like I felt it today. Amen. We've got a generation that's losing out. They're walking away. They come to our church. They need somebody that will tell them like it is. Somebody that will preach the truth of the word of God. baby girl up and I'd say oh God please let her know Pentecost like I know it tonight hallelujah I'm talking about a real outpouring of God's spirit when I got in brother it wasn't smoke I can tell you it was a real deal it was red hot you hear me it was red hot it was fervent what we need is a church to be on fire for God We seem to lean to the trend of everything else. Somebody's got to be willing to make a difference. Somebody's got to stand up and say, I want to be the man. I want to be the lady that God calls me to be. My, listen to me, Jer- Jerusalem was besieged, and it was very great. At the length of that city, They'd been taken by storm. The king and all of his family, everything seemed to go, but something unusual seemed to take place. You see, there were two prophecies that seemed to contradict themselves, but both were fulfilled. Jeremiah prophesied that Zedekiah should be brought to Babylon. Jeremiah 32 and 5. But Ezekiel 12 and 13 said that he wouldn't see Babylon. You see, what happened was he He's captured. He's taken captive. They've got him there. They put out his eyes. He goes to Babylon. He's there, but he don't get to see it. I'm afraid a lot of times tonight, great God of heaven, we got folks that come to church. Sure they come to church, but are they seeing the demonstration of the power of a living God tonight? Say man, folks. We need to wake up and ask God to shake us like we've never been shaken before. Hallelujah. Prophecy seemed to contradict itself. You know, you have to go very far. There's something missing in our Pentecostal churches. I love the way you shout and keep it up. I said something is missing in our Pentecostal churches. For the most part, we've looked down on everybody else. You ain't got a shout, it's the truth in hell. Is this all right? As long as Brother Langford shakes his head or says, Come on, I ain't worried about the rest of you. You know, we've come to church day in, day out. There was a time that the Pentecostal church was known as a church on the other side of the tracks. But when the folks on the other side of the track they needed a prayer answered, they needed to get a hold of God. You know who they came to? They came to the Great God almighty. They came to those that were unusual. They came to those that were different. Kind of out of the ordinary. In Texas, when I go there to preach, they call me the Mississippi Wild Man. I think, why in the love of God do they call me that? Say amen. Let me get my foundation here. I'm going to preach tonight if it hair lifts the devil. Listen to me, folks. He's brought in. His eyes are put out, but the last thing he sees is his children being put to death. In the city, the temple was burned. It was probably, they said, that the ark was in it, and by this, God showed how little he cared for the outward prompt of his worship. When the life and the power of religion is neglected, somebody needs to stand up for the cause. Somebody needs to say, I'm going to go in and take it because it's mine when the life and the power of religion have become so neglected. Somebody has got to make a difference. Say amen to me, somebody. You've got to be willing to say enough is enough. Where is the buck going to stop? It was President Hoover. They said he had a little thing on his desk. He said, the buck stops here. When are we going to man up, folks? We're living in a world of uncertainty. I know you've got to make plans. You've got to be willing, you know, to put your, put everything. My daddy always used to tell me, he said, son, don't put all your eggs in the same nest. I said, I'm trying to find some to build a nest. Don't put everything in the same basket. But I thought, Daddy, how in the world could just say such a thing? Let me tell you, folks, you know, not everywhere you go, you can feel what you feel in this place. I thought somebody jump up and run right there. Listen to me. I said, you can't feel it everywhere you go. Great God of heaven. I'm just wondering tonight, has the devil knocked on your door? As the devil broke down the barriers, come in and stole some things that were precious to you—stolen treasures from an unguarded altar. If we don't guard the altar, the devil's going to steal what we've got tonight. I never will forget. I was young. Well, I ain't old now. I was a kid. Still in high school. I came home one day and my mom was on the front porch. She's crying. I said, what's wrong? She said, I left and wasn't gone 25 minutes. Ran to the store to get some eggs and got back home. Somebody had broken into the house. I said, oh, no. She said, yes, son, we can't go in. They're on their way. The authorities are on their way to take fingerprints. I said, please let me go in and see what they got. 25 minutes, they stole guns. They stole money. They stole watches. You know, when I was young, the style used to be that wide leather watch band. Anybody remember that? Amen. I mean, man, I felt like cool Luke. I'd wear that watch band, had a cheap Timex. Timex takes a licking, but it keeps on a ticking. I believe we need some Timex Christians that'll take a licking and keep on, come on here, say amen to me, and keep on a ticking. If the devil knocks you down, get up. I said get up. God's on your side. God is for you. He said if God be for us, who then shall be against you tonight? Raise your hands and give God a praise. full of pennies. Didn't have no quarters, no dimes, no nickels. Just pennies. I thought I had some money. A jar of pennies. I believe I could have sold them for the copper. And I run to my bedroom. My pennies were gone. And my Timex I didn't even take my old stereo. Say amen. That played Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skynyrd. Come on, say amen to me. They should have got all that mess. Why my watch? I went outside, sat on the porch, and just about cried. But you know what really bothers me when we come to church? And it seems like people have lost their joy. Seems like they've lost their faith. They've lost their zeal. Seems like they've lost their determination, their power. Hey, folks, I want to tell you tonight we've got to do something. I said, we have got to do something. You can't count on the church down the road, but it's in here tonight. I said, it's in your personal life that you've got to say, God, whatever it takes, I want to be the one that stands ready when the trumpet of God sounds. I've got to be ready. Amen. Listen, captive, men, women, houses burned. But something about those vessels that were taken out of the temple of God, that were carried away into Babylon when the things were signified, amen, were sinned away. What should be the signs to stand there for? It was the righteousness of God, amen. I want to tell you that God's will is for us to stand tonight as a mighty army, not to be deprived of the benefit of his worship, but we have got to ignite a flame. We've got to worship. God with everything that's in us. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't worship God for me. You look back at them and say, you can't worship God for me. But have we sit still and we have waited. So maybe a young person gets something going or somebody that has got zeal in their life. Somebody that's determined to have a real move of God. Evangel, you can have it. I said, you can have a move. Did you know I've come to realize that we are as close to God as we want to be? We've got just as much of God as we want to have tonight. But the devil's doing everything he can to break down the barrier he's trying to get in. Somebody has got to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Somebody's got to be willing to say, I will put my back to the test Are worth fighting for. I'm gonna preach right here. Seems like y'all are with me. Listen, somebody has got to stand up to the cause. You know, a lot of times we think just because the devil's defeated me right here before, we've got to get up and go. Hey, don't you let the devil back you into a corner. You've got somebody on your side. There's more of us than there is for them. He said if one could put a 1,000 to flight, then two could put 10,000. If we'd yoke up together, the devil's got to go. Say "Amen." Gracious God, oh, don't you let him steal what God's given to you. My baby, two years ago, Three years now. This summer will be three years. Eight years old. She goes off to kids camp. I'm off preaching a meeting. She calls me. She said, "Daddy, you're not going to believe this." I said, "What is it, baby?" She said, "You're not going to believe this." She said, "I went to." Kids camp tonight and God fill me with the Holy Ghost. Eight years old, you know what I did? I was in a hotel in Austin, Texas. I got up, started dancing around the room. I said, Devil, she'll know Pentecost now. Say, man, she'll know it just like I know it. She calls me at night. says pray for me because I want to pray for you three years ago and it's still real I come home from that meeting she climbed up in the bed beside me she said daddy oh the Holy Ghost makes you feel so good He said, he makes you feel so good. I said, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And this is what she said. I can't wait to do it again. I said, get up. Get up. We're going to do it now. We're going to let, come on here. Let me tell you something, folks. If God ain't real in our homes, he sure ain't going to be real in church. Say amen. My son, ten years old, God called him home. the hardest thing that I'd ever went through in all my life. I'm down South Florida preaching a meeting. My kids go spend the night with a Sunday school teacher. I never will forget this as long as I live. Ten years old, my son walks in he says, "Daddy, I want you to kiss me good night. Brother David, I never knew." It'd be the last night that I'd ever get to kiss him. Never knew it. would be the last night. But what I did see four months before God called him home, I saw him lay flat in the church floor with his hands raised into heaven, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God. gave the utterance. Come on here. Can I tell you tonight? (laughs) Folks, we've got to be able to influence our children. Our children, our grandchildren are watching our lives tonight. They asked him. They told me, they said, Ronnie, you may be gone, But as long as Josh is here, you'll always be here. I said, oh, what's he done now? You know, around the house, we're always playing tricks, poking fun, playing jokes on each. Y'all don't do that here, do you? Don't you say that because somebody already got me. But I know how to get even. Say amen. They asked him one night, they said, Josh, let me ask you, who is your favorite preacher? Surely he's going to say Brother Kenny Mars, Brother Brett Cooper, or our pastor, Brother Colley. He looked at him and said, my daddy is my favorite preacher. That's why the Bible said, train them up. And the way that they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. This heritage that we have tonight, let me tell you something, folks. It's worth fighting for. I said, it's worth fighting for. You hear me? It was Naboth that had a vineyard. And that king came out, Ahab, said, Give it to me. He said, Uh uh-uh. uh. He said, I'll trade you another one for it. He said, Uh uh-uh. uh. He said, Well, if it deserves you right, I'll give you its worth in it money. Naboth said, I don't want your vineyard. I can't give it away. And it ain't for sale. You see there was a reason. It was a Jewish custom. When they received something as an inheritance, you never got rid of it. You never sold it. You never traded it. You held on to it. And you know the story. He's very henpecked. He walks in. He's got diaper bag. He's got the to- The purse. Say amen. If you're a man, stand up and be a man. Come on here. Boy, y'all ain't shouting. Maybe it was at a men's conference, you'd be shouting. You said you can growl, Jarman, because your wife ain't here. I thought for sure you'd shout. Ahab has got something on his mind. Naboth told him, no, you can't have it. Jezebel says, what's wrong with you? He's on the table. Wouldn't eat. Goes to bed. And she says, what's wrong with mama's little baby? Oh, come on, you can tell, mama. Mama. If you can't handle it, mama can. Boy, y'all don't say nothing when I say that, do you? So they're there. And she says, don't you worry about it. You're a king. You can have that Jezreelite's vineyard. He told Naboth, he said, that I might have it to plant some herbs was hard by the palace. I'm talking about stolen treasures from an unguarded altar. Listen to me, folks. The devil's got a scheme. He's got a plan in action. We've got to stay on our toes. We've got to keep our eyes alert. Our ears have got to be set. Amen. Our hearts have got to be set like a flint toward the glory world tonight. Don't you let the devil steal what God's given to you. Naboth would not relinquish his vineyard. Number one is an inheritance. Number two, his children were counting on that vineyard to make it. Mama, those babies are counting on you. Daddy, those babies are counting on you. The real test is not inside these four walls. The real test is when we get out there. Kind of like you know when you've spotted a good parking spot up front at Walmart. You can go there any time of the day and find a handicap spot. And if you ain't got a sticker, you ain't parking. You may think you will. But you let the man with that do-right light come by and see you park there without that sticker. He'll give you a coupon worth $255. So you find you a parking spot. You've got to go all the way down one lane and back down another. You get almost there and an old lady pulls into your spot, and you don't say God bless her. It's just how easy the devil will steal the victory. Say amen. Now I want to get down to where I want to preach tonight. The children of Israel were so fond of the ark of God. You know the story how the Bible said that the Philistines got the ark. They stole it. Hophni and Phinehas were there. I'm telling you, they had a job to do. I believe their job was to guard the ark of God. You see, it was inside the ark. There were three things that Israel held so near and dear to their heart. It was that golden bowl of manna it was the tablets that God wrote in Aaron's rod that budded. Come on, in that desert. It was cut away from the branch, laid in that box. It was God saying, Don't you ever forget what I've done for you. I've sealed it in a container. He's given you the Holy Ghost. He sealed you with the power of God Almighty. Oh the day would come. Phyllis and stole the ark. The messenger grunts in and says, Oh, King, you're not gonna believe this. When your boys weren't looking, when they turned their backs, the enemy came in and stole the ark. It's a sad day for Israel. From that day, Eli the prophet, his eyes are going dim. He's sitting on a bench, he comes in. The servant comes in. He doesn't ask him, "Where's Hophni and Phinehas? He said, "Where's the Ark of God?" He said, "It's gone. The enemy has stolen the Ark." Oh God! He falls off the stool, breaks his neck, and he dies. Sad day for Israel. The prophet's dead. And a baby's born by the name of Ichabod, meaning the glory of God has departed. Wouldn't it be a sad day here at this church, in this area, somebody were to come in and that asked Brother Jerry, Brother Langford, where's the presence of God? Well, you see, we used to guard the altars. But when we got our eyes off of the, the treasured things in the house of God, the enemy come in and he stole the precious things that we had. Stolen treasures. Oh, God, folks, we've got to guard these altars. We've got to keep everything that we've got. Come on, say amen to me. We've got to know that God's mindful of us. If Israel would have watched and prayed and stayed with the presence of God, he'd have never left them. But notice what happens. They still don't know what to do with it. So they take it to the house of Ashdod. They set the ark in the house of Ashdod. That's something you don't do in the temple of Dagon. They set it up. They said, boy, we've got what they've got now. They go in the next morning. Dagon is on his face. He's half fish and half man. Standing back up the next day. He's on the ground again. But the third day they go in, they find a stump. His hands are broken off. He's laying on the floor and he's broken. And this is what they say. We have got to get rid of this. Get it out of here. Did you know a lot of churches confessing to be Pentecost? They don't want God's power. You know why? They're scared of what they may have to give up. They're scared. There may be places that they can't go anymore. There may be stuff that they can't watch on TV. Say, man. If we ever get to the place that we feed on the same thing that world feeds on, we'll become just like them. If you eat pizza, Fried chicken. Don't you laugh too loud. Say amen. You start looking like pizza. Fried chicken. My wife tells me all the time, Ronnie, you need to lose some weight. I said, you ain't kidding, I do. You better... I've tried it. Sugar busters. I've even started drinking smart water. I didn't know there's dumb water. I thought water was water. Smart water has got electrolytes in it. And all that is been run through a filter. It's got electric charging plates. Gotta quit. They go in, they get word to Israel, you've got to get this out of here. And they take it to Obedidem's house. And the Bible said it's there for three months. Obadidum's house is blessed for three months. You know why? Because it's housing the presence of God. You know, when God starts blessing a house, the chickens, I believe at Obadiah's place, started laying double yokered eggs. Say amen. Old Bassie started giving three gallons of milk instead of one. You know, that's the blessings of God. Somebody say amen. The peas in the field started filling up. There wasn't much arguing. the what must fussing going on in Obadiah's house because he's housing the presence of god listen to me the day would come david would go to Obadiah's house to take the ark back to bethlehem to the house of bread he was given a command by god Said every six paces, every 18 feet, you stop and you offer praise to God. Oh, but Edom's there. And he says, I've got to go where the presence of God is. I've got to go where God is. He said, Honey. Get the rags together. We've got to go with the presence of God. No wonder Moses was there. And by night, God would lead them. Moses said, we've got to go. We've got to follow. He led them the pillar of fire by night. The cloud by day. God help us to guard these altars with everything that's in us. Obadiah says, we're going to the house of bread. They stop and they strike camp. David says, I need a porter. I need somebody just to go get me some stuff. Obadiah says, hey, I'll go. Over here, buddy. And they pick him. They said, oh, wait, I think we ought to have a song service. We need somebody to lead us in a song. says, Hey, hey, over here, and he's chosen. Then David says, We need somebody to be a doorkeeper. And behind that curtain rests the presence of God with those staves run through it. I could see it as Obadiah runs his hand through that curtain and he he pulls that curtain back and all oh, the feeling that he has to know that he's a keeper in the house of the Lord, a doorkeeper, if you will. Hey, folks, can I tell you tonight, we've got to guard these altars with everything that's in us can't afford to live like everybody else. We can't afford to act like everybody else. We've got to be the men and women of God that God's called us to be. Let me tell you something. The devil will not pass your house by. Even now, when I recognize, Brother Langford, that he's in my house, I've got to get him out. Have you ever seen the day that it seemed like everything gets on your nerves? Well, all ain't shouting tonight. Everything gets on your nerves. I remember me and my wife hadn't been married all that long, and I mean I worked construction hot down in duck banks, setting up form boards to run that concrete, to run them duck work through. I come home, and she, you know, she don't like me wearing my boots in the house. I got out in the car, they're covered with red mud. This is why I ought to just track it everywhere. I pay the notes here. I pay the bills here. I'll track what I want to track. But I'm a nice husband. I sit on the steps, unlace my boots, take them off, and I go in. And this is what I'm greeted with. Honey, how was your day? It was terrible. How come my supper ain't fixed? Say amen. You know I don't like this. The tea ain't sweet enough. How come there ain't no eyes in my glass? Now, if some of you ladies don't cook, you don't know what I'm talking. Say Sister Janae, all right. Sister Langford. She looked at me and she said, you wait a minute, buddy. I said, I've been praying for you all day long. You ain't going to bring the devil in this house. She walked to that back door. She threw it open and said, devil, get out of here. And I almost went. out. Wait, baby doll, please. Honey bunch, I'm so sorry. I prayed for you, Ronnie Jarman, all day long. And don't you bring this in my house. Stolen treasures from an unguarded altar. It seems like to me, when I make up my mind to try to do more for God, the devil always shows his head. my wife celebrated 30 years of marriage. Who said you can't make it work? Don't you let the devil get into your home. Don't go to bed after having a quarrel, a squabble, or a fuss. Down beside of your bed, and you tell your husband, or you tell your wife, honey, I'm so sorry. I'll tell you something, you'll find out there's fun in making up. Save it. It's fun in making up. But if you let the devil start putting thoughts into your mind and stilling that nearness that you have as a companion, not only will he break up your home, you'll lose everything that you've ever labored for say amen this morning 832 my phone rang a very very dear friend of mine called me he was crying I said Judson what's wrong he said, "Brother Ronnie, you're not going to believe this." Got a 6-year-old daughter as precious as any little baby I've ever seen. He said, "Friday morning, Megan woke me up and said she wanted me to leave the house." 4 years ago, he came to a meeting I was preaching in Alabama, got saved, living a good life, doing things for God. And he told me two months ago, he said, I need to get back in church. I said, you ain't got to wait, you can do it right here. I stood in his office, and he said... I can't right now. And two months later, his wife says, you need to leave. You know what he told me today? If I'd have gotten church two months ago, this wouldn't be happening. I can tell you what happened. The devil came in when he quit guarding the altar. In this house. Got a six-year-old baby that can quote 52 Bible verses verbatim. Tell you where they are. Don't miss a letter. Doesn't miss a punctuation. She's prompt with it. But now, that little six-year-old girl, her life is going to be scattered. Worse than all of that. For a person in this room tonight to know what it is to walk with God and then allow the devil to come by and pull you away to steal what you've dedicated, you've given to God in these altars. We need to wake up, folks. This thing's changing very fast. But I'm glad the story don't end there. But in Jeremiah 27 and 22, the Bible said that these things would stay in Babylon until the prophecy would go forth and that the Lord would put them back in the temple of God. Tonight, you may have to go full circle but don't you quit garden your family altar tonight. Every one of us in this room, men, we better stand up for our families tonight. We are the priest of our home. And you'll stand before God and give an account. If you let something foolish, let something unwittingly go on in your house. You, my friend, will be held accountable. Bow your heads, please. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the Spirit of God. Lord, that we've been made to feel here tonight. I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd walk the aisles of this church. Speak to every heart, every man, every woman, every boy and every girl. God, I'm asking you, as humble as I know how, would you reveal yourself to us in a special way tonight. God, I thank you for the promises of God that are yea and amen. Amen. God, you promised us our household. God, you orchestrated. You put together the family of God. You ordained it. Now, God, I'm asking you tonight, please, speak to every soul in this building right now. When we come to these altars, give us determination not to bend not to bow but God to guard these altars with everything that's in us tonight and I'm careful God to give you the honor and I give you the glory for it's all in the name of Jesus I do pray tonight your heads are bowed with your hearts please you're here tonight and you say, Brother Ronnie, I have been a little loose. It's no secret. But tonight, I want to tighten things up. The devil's really been fighting me and my family, my personal life. But tonight, I want to make a difference. If that's your desire, would you simply lift your hand? God bless you, Yes. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you. Would you stand to your feet, please? I'm not going to single you out tonight. But I want everybody that would, let's come in. Stand across the front of this church. Come on.